Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, man, great news. Uh, the White House and the press secretary, they want to be crystal clear on yeah. something involving the Hunter Biden investigation. So that's good. They, they want to be very clear about it, okay? They want to be frank. They want to be open. They want the American people to know something, okay? So this Always IR- about transparency. Always, of course, yes. Uh, an IRS whistleblower is evidently claiming that the tax evasion investigation into Hunter Biden is being stymied by the Biden administration. Uh, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre had this to say about it yesterday. Put your mind at ease. Thank you, Karine. So look, I want to be very clear here. Uh, as you know, the president uh, respects the rule of law uh, yeah, yeah. and, and the, de- the independence of the Department of Justice. Uh, he believes that's what they should be. In this administration, we believe that it should be independent. Uh, so I'm not going to go beyond that. The Department of Justice will t- certainly deal with this issue. Again, he believes in the rule of law. He believes in the independence of the Justice Department. And if you've been paying attention over the last couple of years, you would know exactly how hilarious that statement is. You know, I got a question, though. Sure. How long has the IRS been looking into this? Uh, I mean, you either did or you didn't. It's, the FBI's had the laptop. You since either 2019. paid the taxes on the income or you didn't. Yeah, but well, see, here's the thing, though: when you're going around the world using multiple LLCs and shady go-betweens to get uh, fabulously wealthy using your father's influence and name, uh, yeah, I mean, those documents get a little bit tangled up. We'll just say that. And there are questions about legal liability. Can you prove what? I mean, to me, honestly, if you believe in the rule of law, the easiest slam dunk thing is knowing that Hunter Biden lied on a federal background check form to get a firearm. That's another that's thing. A, I mean, that's what, a what, what? $10,000 fine, five years in prison? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's all there. I mean, this thing has been held up for a long time, and we all know why. And now you have this whistleblower that says, hey, I want whistleblower status to tell you what I've seen happening here. We'll see if that even happens. I just wish they would have looked into my owed back taxes for years. (laughs) Just keep kicking that can down the road. Hopefully you'll just outlive it. Hammer For you, this is really bitter. The anvil came out of the window and landed directly on my head. Yeah, for those that don't know, after Scott's heart attack, yeah. back to back there in 2015, there were a couple of years, there was a little whoopsie-do. Somebody neglected to, you know, file taxes, yes. Well, and you weren't of right mind. Well, no, I couldn't do it, but hey, <laughs> let's not worry about that. I mean, but if I'm Hunter Biden, I'm, I could be 110 and they still hadn't figured it all right. out yet. Yeah, exactly. Okay. If I just would have had a shell company or two, yeah. damn. Well, and they have receipts of from the Chinese they- energy yes. company. And then the money going to Biden family members and knowing that Joe is the big guy that gets 10%. It's like the tie to the Biden God. I just get so tired of this. We're still investigating and we still don't know. And golly. All right. So we'll keep you up to date on that. Um, Scott, you certainly made mention of this yesterday. There was not one Democrat yesterday that was willing to protect women when it comes to 
sports. You know, yeah. having biological males competing against women. I just have to say this. Not one. Zero Democrats. Zero. They think those people think it's okay for your daughter, your granddaughter, your niece to participate in sports against men. That's what they think. Yes. I mean, I realize we're a divided country. I realize we're splintered. There's yes. not much we can agree on. Mm-hmm. But it seems to me we can all agree on that one thing. No, no, we can't anymore. That though. I don't want my daughter getting hammered on the soccer field by some dude who's playing against her or volleyball or swimming or whatever. Right. Uh, what, what is it about this I'm missing? Oh, it's about I mean, I, just, power. I can't figure it out. I mean, but can we all agree on that? Wouldn't that be a liability going into an election season? You would certainly think so. You would think so. But not but, one crossed the line? Not one. Dude, you look at the polling for Americans across the country. They don't want to see biological males competing against females, but that's not what this is about. No. Golly. Yeah, so House Republicans voted yesterday to ban transgender female athletes, that is, dudes who pretend to be women, uh, from taking part in girls and, and women's sports by amending Title IX protections to only apply to biologically female athletes. It was called the Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act. It passed with no Democrats supporting the issue. Uh, and, I mean, this thing will die in the Senate. There's no chance that it will become law. And, and President Biden would veto it even if it did clear this. Exactly. Um, the top Democrat in the House, though, Hakeem Jeffries, claimed that no boys are playing girls' sports. He did. Does he ever read a paper, watch a newscast, anything? Not quite sure. Here's Hakeem. The extreme MAGA Republicans are trying to sensationalize an issue that doesn't really exist in the way that they are falsely portraying. Well, then why why vote against it then? Right. If it doesn't matter, if it really isn't even happening, then so what? Well, that... That's been the playbook from the left for years, though. It's not happening, and it's good that it is. That's yes, <laughs> on a number of different things. Well, yeah, that's basically it. Hey, nobody is teaching critical race theory in school, so but then you, you bring can't your ban it. You show everyone you're teaching critical race theory in schools, and yeah. then they say, oh, "Well, you can't ban it. This is about history and blah blah blah." And how oh, you can't do that to us. But no that, one's talking about trans issues to kindergartners, you crazy right-winger spreading that. Then you bring the receipts. Yes. And then they say, uh, don't say gay, Bill. It's good that it's happening. Why do you want kids to kill themselves? Ah! Facts are not on their side. No. I just cannot wrap my head around this one. I can't. No. It's tearing the country apart. That's what it's all about. It is. It's but I don't crazy, know why we cannot is. have a rational conversation. With no. this as a topic. They won't do it. They How won't even answer the question. anybody walk away going, I don't care if your daughter gets her bones broken or face or has a concussion from a volleyball player, which just happened, by the way. Yes. Well, the, dude, we just heard the other day yeah. from the Department of Education, Ardona, I don't think the issue is uh, what I could define as a woman. I, that's not the issue. My issue is to make sure it's fair for everyone, including trans kids. Yeah. But what's a woman? Well, you won't answer the question. They just won't answer it. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know, Scott, you asked the question, and I think it's an important one. Why can't you have a rational argument about it? Well, because the topic itself is not rational. The Good pro point. side, there is no rationale behind saying, and there's no, uh, there, there is no common sense in the argument that, yes, 
boys should be playing against girls because they feel like they're girls. There is no actual argument in favor of that, which is why you get the shrieking all the time, which is why it, 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 it always just comes down to you want kids to kill themselves, whatever. That's what they do. And in the but meantime, there's no facts behind that either. No. And in the meantime, what you're also doing, what these Democrats are actually doing is radicalizing a bunch of mentally ill people into thinking that people are actually trying to kill them. This is not good. This is dangerous. And we're going to start seeing, well, actually, we already are seeing, yeah. uh, these people start to lash out. Well, I don't know if you saw it. We'll get more into it later. The Nashville shooter, trans person, that manifesto, uh, it was in the New York Post, some other places. Uh, they don't want to release it because it is so damaging to the trans community. Because it, you maybe read the report dangerous it's like a call to arms the way i understand it and there are some out there that are already saying this oh yeah openly a wild clip here making the rounds this fat dude with long hair who says he's a woman is actually calling for violence listen to this i dare you to try and stop me from going into a women's bathroom it will be the last mistake you ever make hmm. Oh, I dare wow. you to try and stop a transgender woman in my presence from using the bathroom. It will be the last mistake you ever make. This is a call to action and a call to arms. You need to arm up, plain and simple. Go out, buy a gun, learn how to use it efficiently. He's talking to other trans people when mm -hmm. he says go buy the gun and learn that. You know, and the whole... It will be the last mistake you ever make. Hmm. Okay. Tell that to Jocko. Well, I mean, well, so dude, if, if, if I take everybody's got the same reaction. If oh, I really? take exception I'll do it today, I'll do it today. That a guy with a beard walks in and right. goes to the bathroom with my daughter or granddaughters in there. Yeah. And I object to it. He should kill me. He's got yes. every right to. He dares you to try okay, to stop him. Fine. Okay. Tubby, let's go. <laughs> Sick of this stuff, I know. Mr. And, and Captain these, these Bravado. People all the time. We're yeah. under attack. Oh, you yeah. have no idea. It's, it's we. We just want to be left alone, but we'll kill you if you question us. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yes. Ridiculous, man. All right. No, this is. I'll leave it there for now. More on this a little bit later on. Oh, David, I knew when this news came down, you were going to be ticked. Yeah. Well, Alex. Ball or Alex Alec Baldwin, they got away with killing that woman yeah. on the uh, set of the Western movie Rust. The cinematographer Helena Hutchins, of course, was killed. What about a year and a half ago now, on the set yes. of the movie? Because Alec Baldwin pointed a gun at her, pulled the trigger, and killed her. He still says he never pulled the trigger. That's a load. Yeah, he did. Come on. Um, and anyway. Uh, the prosecutors have dropped the involuntary manslaughter charges against him. Now, the prosecutors are still going after the cinematographer. Yes. Because uh, I'm not the cinematographer. I'm sorry, the armorer, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, because she was supposed to be the steward of firearms <laughs> on the set. Yes. Yeah. yes. But not the guy who was actually holding the gun, who was also a producer on a film set that had some pretty well-documented safety issues on the set. Apparently, By the way, David, did fine. you hear any of the coverage this morning on the morning news shows? I mm -hmm. did. They, you know, they're saying, "Well, this is complete vindication for Alec Baldwin." Oh. And I, 
Uh, not the one I heard. Oh, really? No, I, get, I should play it for okay. you, dude. I, it should, because even this person on Good Morning America is like, uh, this is kind of wild. This is... Yeah. Dude, don't we all think the same thing? Yeah. All of a sudden, you had some new prosecutors come in and say, uh, yeah, we should drop the charges. Yeah. This was orchestrated. We'll get to that and much more coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot of stuff going on. Oh, to finish up the conversation on Alec Baldwin and all the charges being dropped. Dan Abrams is on Good Morning America with Snuggleupagus. Because remember, Snuggle, he interviewed Alec Baldwin. He yeah. said, hey, I didn't pull the trigger. That's That's impossible. Yeah, that that according to the FBI, even who actually looked at the the gun itself, the only way they got the gun to fire without the or without pulling the trigger, they had to hit it so hard that it actually broke. <clears throat> excuse me, broke the gun. So there, there's no way that it fired without him depressing the trigger. This is that was always Good a really America. interesting defense, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. No one really believed that, right? How could you have a gun that fires without you pulling the trigger? And now it seems that maybe there was an explanation. Maybe he was exactly right. Um, so, and even the maybe could lead prosecutors to say we don't have the and case. because the gun may have been altered, is that why the armor is still facing charges, at least one of the reasons? The Do you remember at the time, as I'm watching this, because I'm, you know, you're trying to also read someone's facial expressions as they're delivering the line and i'm thinking abram doesn't believe this like who would believe this but now it seems yeah i mean why else would they be dropping it right it doesn't make sense armorer is about the rounds right it's not about the gun it's about what were the bullets what were the live rounds doing right and at mm -hmm. the time i can remember david you saying she's the one that's going to take the fall for this Oh yeah, and I and I don't. We all were thinking it at the time, and I don't disagree with her being charged with this. It's her responsibility to make sure that there is no live ammo anywhere near an actual gun on the set of the movie. But to me, through all of this, and I and maybe there is an explanation that I just haven't seen, and maybe you have seen it. Remember the early reports; they were having target practice on the set. Yeah, like competitions. Well, then there would have been bullets. <laughs> and Alec Baldwin would certainly yeah. know that. It's so strange. On the set. That was her responsibility okay. in the end here, and it looks like they're moving forward with the case against her. Could charges really be refiled here? They could, but they won't be. I mean, there's <laughs> just no way they're going to refile charges at a later date against Alec Baldwin. Yeah, they won't. Can you imagine every defense attorney in the country right now whose client has killed, shot and killed somebody with the same defense? <laughs> I want some special prosecutors I, to come in yeah, for me. Right? I didn't pull the trigger. No. The yeah, gun wow. just went off. I don't know yeah, what happened. They don't they didn't put out a lot of details on this, but apparently they said that the a new hammer had been installed on the gun. Which again, I you <laughs> Again, need... but Alec Baldwin said I never pulled the trigger. Right. Yeah. But it just they, doesn't make sense. They said somehow that called into question whether or not the gun could have gone off without it. I, it still doesn't make sense to me. But again, they they're not putting out all the details of this. But and went off more than once. Yeah, right. M amazing by itself. <laughs> okay, so if there's any more on that, keep an eye on that. Did you 
see the story because we wondered about this at the time. Tragedy in Louisville with the guy that went in and shot up the bank. Yeah. Right? Saw this at Daily Wire. Um, he wanted to prove how easy it was to purchase a firearm and to highlight the mental health crisis in the United States and to commit suicide. So this was like an anti-gun movement act is the reason he killed these people. I remember seeing this floating around on social media, but I mean, it's social media. So, you know, you always have to take everything with a grain of salt. You're kind of waiting to see what is actually true, what is speculation, what is whole cloth made up. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the final messages that apparently this guy posted online was, you know, words didn't work, protests didn't work, let's see if this works, something like that. So the idea is I'm going to go murder a bunch of people in favor, to, to, to get people in favor of gun control. Right. Because, and we hadn't heard this early on, we heard about the Nashville shooter having a manifesto pretty early on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We still don't know the contents, just what people have been saying about it. The guy in Louisville also left behind a manifesto. That's the report. And it details the anti-gun motive for the attack. I didn't see any update on that in any legacy media today. No, No, because then they'd have to realize that they're taking part in radicalizing uh, angry, young, mentally ill people. Yes. And they do that with a lot of young, mentally ill people. Mm Mm-hmm. Gosh dang, man. Mm. You know, (laughs) I know people freaked out at the time when Trump said enemy of the people with the media. They are the enemy of the people. Because I I totally believe that if everyone in America knew exactly what was going on, they would vote a whole lot different and know what was really destroying the country. Um, On a lighter note, did you hear about the mom that entered the $250,000 Candy Crush tournament by mistake? By mistake, (laughs) huh? Yes. Mm. She did. And then she almost won the thing. No. Yes. Really? Yes. Wow. You used to play. Who used to no, play I Candy Crush? I never have. You're I not a video game. played it. Okay. Maybe somebody that used to work with us. Somebody knew something like that. <laughs> used to play all the time. Yeah. That would have been great if she actually would have won the thing. Mm-hmm. If they had fantasy Candy Crush, I'd play. Of course you would. <laughs> yeah. Okay. News update. Straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right. It will be the last mistake you ever make. Oh, see that guy. <laughs> the radical trans activist. What was that statement again, this freaking joker? I dare you to try and stop me from going into a women's bathroom. It will be the last mistake you ever make. <laughs> What a tough guy, girl. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> In fairness, he's got tactical love handles. So, yeah, that's it. I'm going to kick your butt, she, her. Do <laughs> you know how many guys in this country right now are like, oh, please, follow yeah. my oh, wife yeah. or daughter yeah, in the do bathroom. That. Go ahead. Please do, do that. it. Do it once. Yeah. I'm begging you. <laughs> It'll be careful the last what you thing wish you for, ever man. do. Okay. David, uh, yeah, the uh, story of the millionaire liberals. Yeah, I thought this was really funny. On tax day this week, there was this big press conference uh, in D.C. featuring liberal millionaires, not all of them in Congress, but a lot of them in Congress, uh, who were calling on millionaires to be taxed more because it's your patriotic duty. 
So Stephen Moore, a conservative activist who also worked in the Trump administration, uh, showed up at the press conference and asked these people to sign a pledge to voluntarily pay more than they owe in taxes. <laughs> okay. You first. I'm ho- yes. Yeah, I've I'm always said that. that. I'm hoping that each one of you will sign this uh, pledge that says I'm willing to pay a 90 percent tax because, it's your, as you said, it's your patriotic. Well, let me understand. It's you your, want me to do that individually or you want me to do it Ms. Disney. Yeah, let's get people. I've got pens. Let's sign these, you know, that you'll, so we can solve the problem. No, we want. You all said that you wanted to pay. Um, you said you wanted to pay more taxes. No, no, no. You said you want to pay more taxes. So don't you think it's your duty? I'm sorry. Don't you think it's your patriotic duty to pay more taxes if you're saying that? Yeah, that's what you said before, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. All right. It goes on. The voluntary paying of more is not. You all are millionaires. Okay, I'm just because you guys are millionaires and you're saying you don't want to pay more. Wait, you do or you don't want to pay more taxes? Yes, it's disingenuous to say. Why? Voluntary change the law is going to make a structural difference. But you could make you all could make a huge difference. It starts by looking in the mirror, doesn't it? Starts with you, you know. I love that guy. I do. Good for you. I mean, you knew how that was going to go. It's still funny. Yeah, you first. Not going to do it. Yeah. That's why anytime you hear uh, somebody about uh, the border, well, these poor people, they're just looking for a better way of life. Mm -hmm. You don't have any compassion. You don't care about those people. You ask, have you given to any causes about impoverished people in other countries? These countries that people are leaving to come into the United States? Have you ever given a cent to anything? Well, what do you mean? Have you ever given anything? Well, no. Have you ever opened your home to these people? (laughs) We want someone else to do it. We just want to feel good about it and be rid of any guilty thoughts that we might have. Same thing with not us doing anything. Defund the police or let the criminals go when your gated little community around all your friends that has security out the Mm yin-yang. Yeah, it's okay for you. Just not for you little people. I don't care. Or or homelessness. It's all fine when it's in middle-class neighborhoods. But as soon as it starts showing up. Uh, you know, in valuable real estate areas, then suddenly it's like, we got a problem here. <laughs> you know, well, I, a great example of that was from the summer of love in 2020. Uh, Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler, a.k.a. Todd Whalen on this show. Yes. Uh, he was, he, you know, he, he's all about, you know, letting the massive protest, the firebombing of a mm-hmm. federal courthouse, the rioting. Didn't really have a lot to say. Actually joined them at one point. But then as soon as somebody tried to start an autonomous zone outside of his old condo, oh, the cops cleared that thing out quick. Yes. Well, it's like the Martha's Vineyard thing, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like... They had, del- a, they had a nice little potluck for him and said, get the hell out of here. Exactly. You're not here. <laughs> they changed our lives forever. <laughs> I the gave 24 them, hours I of gave love them, we gave them. I gave them a nice sweater. Well, okay, it was actually an old sweater I didn't use anymore. Okay, it was actually my housekeeper's sweater, but <laughs> made me feel good. I can't put a price tag on what they gave me. <laughs> All right, people. That time of the show, go around the table. Not the biggest story of the day, but it caught your attention. Today, David, what's your story? Here we go again. A self-identified transgender woman in Ontario, Canada, was arrested after allegedly assaulting a woman in a women's shelter. Gosh dang it. This dude's name is Cody uh, Duntremont. Uh, turned himself in after the authorities issued a press release and a mugshot. And you look at the mugshot, and that's just a dude with long hair. 
He's got a five yes. o'clock shadow. <laughs> I mean, he he's, does. He's a guy. But, well, he identifies as a woman, but apparently he was allowed to go into the women's shelter because, well, in the past, Canadian women's shelters, including those for uh, spousal, uh, spousal abuse victims, have lost government funding because they didn't let men in the shelters. And you remember this, Jamie, I'm sure a few years ago mm -hmm. uh, in Anchorage, Alaska. Yes. There was a... I, I believe it was a church-affiliated women's shelter for yep. domestic abuse victims. And there was this big stink because they didn't let a guy in. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but this is, I don't care how you identify. These are women who have been through actual trauma. They're actual women. And it is completely inappropriate to put a mentally ill man, uh, man among their ranks. And you can say that's unfair. You can say all that. I don't care. I don't care what your no. belief is. It's common freaking sense. You got to like, protect the women. And years ago, I mean, years ago, I used to do some stuff through the church I grew up in with the Fort Bend uh, County Women's Shelter. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the strict rules for me, I would take, you know, I had a pickup truck. I would take supplies uh, to a drop-off point. I was not allowed in where the women were because I was a guy. And I understood that. Of course. <laughs> you don't you respect be, the space. These are women who have been through incredible trauma, and they really, you know, I want to respect that. See, okay, we just got to move on. Yeah, well. It is. No, it's I, so maddening that this is going on, all these different places. Well, and you just saw the story again, and my wife hadn't heard the story. So I had the TV on, and she's like, what happened? Like, yeah. They allowed the dude in the female prison, and he quickly impregnated two women. Mm -hmm. Because when you are identifying as a woman, but you impregnate women, you're, what, pretending to be a lesbian? Is that how it works? Well, that's the double whammy there, isn't it? What kind of twisted mind frame do you have yeah. to have for that? Yeah. Well, you just don't understand the spectrum. No, because you're a freak. You want them Because killed. you made it all up. You want them killed, don't you? <laughs> no, Mike. Well, maimed. Uh, as far at as least, if you go into a women's prison and, and then attack women and rape them, yeah. I mean, if someone puts a bullet in them, am I going to lose sleep? Probably not. I'm not calling for it. No, of course not. Or if they're maimed, am I going to lose sleep? Probably not. I'm just saying, if you want to really be inclusive, then you ought to give them gender-affirming care. And so that means Mr. Kanish goes bye-bye before he goes into a women's prison. Yeah, see how many dudes right. change their mind when that happens. Came up with that idea earlier in the week. You know, I think there's something I to it. Thinking about it, and I really like being a man. Okay. Yes. All right. What's your story, Scott? Well, it's been a long time since we talked about Alyssa Milano, but she's back in the news again today. Alyssa, like of other people in Hollywood and some news persons, are upset now about losing their blue check on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I saw that. Alyssa tweeted out, so by revoking my blue check mark because I wouldn't pay some arbitrary fee, someone can just be me. And say a bunch of BS. Does that mean Twitter and Elon Musk are liable for defamation or identity theft or fraud? Okay, dopey. Let's let's start with Twitter account is not your social security number, you idiot. So I don't know where that one's going to go. And by the way, I will say just, just to add this to this, no one on the planet that isn't insane wants to be Alyssa Milano, okay? <laughs> no one. Uh, for my story today... Uh, well, I'll share this with you. I played this for David and Scott a couple days ago, and I'm like, what do you think? 
because it's from the band Oasis. Oh, they yeah. broke up because the brothers couldn't get along. It broke up years ago. And, you know, they were huge, especially in the U.K. They've been wanting an Oasis reunion forever. And so I was playing for uh, David and Scott the Oasis reunion record, you know. And I let it play for a little while. And so what do you think? And if I remember right, David, your quote was, well, it sounds like Oasis. Yeah, it sounds like Oasis. Yeah, I mean, it's not embarrassing. It's not bad. Yeah. If you like Oasis, you probably like this, right? Except that's not Oasis. That's AISIS. That's AI. Holy crap, man. <laughs> when I told you guys that, you're like, oh, you're kidding. Wow. Wow, man. Yes. Uh, they're calling it a strange new project by British indie band Breezer. <laughs> <laughs> created this oasis album with the help of artificial intelligence they're calling it the alternate reality concept album jeez awesome imagining what oasis might sound like if they were to reform in 2023 so they put this up on social media and it's had a whole lot of views and then people are reaching out to liam gallagher the oasis you know lead singer and solo artist now um said he hadn't heard the whole thing but they asked well what did you think he said <laughs> i can't even do the voice it's better than all the other snizzle out there <laughs> <laughs> oh that's good uh he, he said it did sound mega that is crazy it's like another artificial intelligence story every day mm-hmm. And, I mean, we'll get to one a little bit later where people were fooled again by AI. I am waiting for a radio station to flip to all AI. <laughs> it'll happen. <laughs> it'll happen. I think so. I mean, dude, a lot of the uh, pop music anyway is just sort of formed by metrics and yes. and just data on what trips people's trigger or what has in the past. It's not actual artistic creation. It's a mathematical formula, essentially. So, I mean, pop stars... You better learn how to play guitar soon, because like you're about to be out of something. a job. Yeah. I mean, you've already had, you know, you could use all the props to get your voice to sound like it's in tune. It's auto-tune. I mean, <laughs> that's not real singing, for crying out loud. So what's the difference between that and AI? It's another AI free ride. <laughs> another long set of AI coming up coming right up. here. Yeah, got that. All right. We'll kick it off with Fred Zeppelin. <laughs> Do you remember Dread Zeppelin, the cover band? Oh, yeah. They oh, did yeah. all the reggae stuff. Yeah. The guy dressed as Elvis. Yeah. Followed up with OK Company. <laughs> Another uh, Republican running for president announced next. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So Larry Elder is running for president. Yeah, he is. Larry Elder, who challenged uh, Gavin Newsom in the recall election in California. He is running for president as a Republican talk radio host, of course, uh, was infamously described by a writer at the L.A. Times as the black face of white supremacy. <laughs> yes, uh, sir. Has CNN announced... also deemed him a white supremacist. Yes, yes. Uh, he is running for uh, president. He made the announcement official, apparently. Well. I don't think he'll win. No. no. Um, but I love hearing Larry talk, especially when he goes after. Remember when he went after was Don Lemon? 
Ibram X. Kendi, uh, Michael Eric Dyson, Mark Lamont Hill. I was saying they're all lightweights. Mm-hmm. And, I, yeah, I still have the analysis. Here you go. Sitting around bitching and moaning and whining uh, about how bad things are for other people. See, they were able to make it. Somehow, the thicket of racism, they were able to navigate through that. Somehow, they were able to cut down and, and, and deal with all of the, the institutional, systemic, structural racism that holds everybody else back. Didn't hold them back, of course, because they're talented, uh, lucky. Uh, what's the analysis here? <laughs> when he goes after those guys, it kills me because he just calls them all out. Mm-hmm. It's great. Man, this story, just get ready for this, Scott, because I don't think you've heard it yet. Oh, I saw the headline. Well, the headline, Daily Wire, El Chapo's son's ripped enemies' muscles out with corkscrews and then fed them to tigers. Yeah, holy mackerel. Well, and this also paints a picture of cartels and how they run everything, including our southern border. Um, It talks about El Chapo's sons. Holy smoke, four of them, collectively known as the Chapitos, indicted by the Department of Justice last week, multiple crimes. I mean, the list of crimes goes on and on and on. Um, only one of the sons, Ovidio, is in custody, but he is yet to be extradited to the United States. The other three brothers remain on the run. Prosecutors say the brothers have their enemies tortured to get information out of them that after they have had or got what they need, they are sometimes fed alive to tigers. The brothers keep as pets on their ranches, these tigers. One victim tortured for two hours, having their muscles ripped out Again, with a corkscrew. Golly, jeez. Hot chilies placed in their open wounds and nose. It's just brutal stuff. But they use their powerful security apparatus to demolish unsupportive businesses. Then they capture contested territory, intimidate civilians, and attack law enforcement. So let's say, Scott, you're running a business, and one of El Chapo's sons comes in. Let's say uh, Alfredo. To say, I'd like to partner with your business. What do you think? What are you going to say? Well, I got no choice here, do I? But not, not a whole lot. If you like your muscles, muscles at all. ripped up with a corkscrew. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how it works. Goes on to say the brothers lead the most powerful faction of the cartel and the largest, most violent, and most prolific fentanyl trafficking operation in the world. Bad, bad, horrible people. But good fellows shot him in the back of the head. At least nobody felt it. <laughs> Yeah, this is different. You're, yeah. you're going to suffer. But, you know, we just don't want to escalate things by deeming them as terrorists. No, 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 no. That would be irresponsible. Why do we not do that as a country? I don't well, understand it. And probably because it would uh, require some cooperation with Mexico that Mexico is not willing to offer. Man. Also, and who are the people getting rich by this? Right. Yeah, we've heard there are plenty of people yeah, in the United States that are getting rich. Of yep. Well, it talks about in the story, too, um, how the fentanyl's made. It comes from China into Mexico, and then it's sent, you know, through the cartels. The Chapito Sicarios compromise, or, uh, oh, my gosh, man. I know we're running out of time here. They put this whole thing together to commit acts of violence in order to protect the operation and its leaders, the territory, the labs they have, the trafficking routes, and money. These Sicarios regularly use military-grade weapons, including machine guns, to uh, perpetrate violence, murder, torture, kidnapping.
not a terrorist organization. <laughs> no. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Well, I don't know if a lot of Democratic voters are going to pay attention to this or not. All this controversy around Biden and his family, we'll see. But I can't say the walls are closing in. We've deemed that, you know, a party foul on the show. No, you can't. Liberals. Although we are going to get to a story that's titled "The Walls Are Closing In" in a second. Okay, good. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The noose is getting tighter. What what cliche you want to use for Biden? Uh, the campaign influenced former spies. Yeah. We found this out. Yeah. Hey, remember how uh, 50 former intelligence agency officials wrote this letter claiming that the Hunter Biden laptop story was a Russian plot to influence the 2020 election? How could we forget yeah, and what ha- Biden said all the time? And how a bunch of media outlets ran with it. I mean, Joe Biden on the debate say- stage said that 50 intelligence officials say what this man, Donald Trump, is saying about my son is garbage. Well, it turns out that letter was prompted by the guy who's now the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, who was working for the Biden campaign at the time. Former CIA Deputy Director Mike Morell told the House Judiciary Committee in a closed-door interview that he organized a group of 50 former intelligence officials to sign the letter after he had a talk with Tony Blinken. Morell said Blinken got a hold of him on October 17, 2020, to talk about the New York Post story that revealed the details or some of the details at least of this laptop and Blinken's outreach triggered him to draft a letter that dismissed the release of the emails initially they wanted to release this letter to the Washington Post but the document ultimately was provided to Politico which published it with the headline Hunter Biden's story is Russian disinfo dozens of former intel officials say and it was for the purposes of interfering in the 2020 election. This is why they put that letter out there to help Biden win. Yes. Of course. And all the stooges in media just run with it. Yeah. And the thing is, I think here is a difference. And you can tell me I'm wrong. Go right ahead. If all of a sudden you found out that your news sources, wherever you get your information that you trust to be true, and you found out that you were lied to and how it happened, you'd want to know, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. And then you'd change your mind, at least in some sort of way, to say, hey, man, going forward, I don't know if I can believe what these people are telling me or not. And now all of a sudden, if I hear all these, you know, intel experts are saying, well, this is disinformation, I can't take that on face value anymore. They freaking lied to me. Yeah, they did. That's that's back-to-back elections, by the way, where the intelligence community meddled in an election. Yes, that it's that's well, not this, okay. And this, they went a step further, and then they go to Twitter, yeah, and they go to other social media and say, "Block this story. Mm-hmm. You need to stuff it." Yeah, and yeah, that's absolutely what happened. Well, when you think about it too, I think, I think you have the whole montage because you love the montages. David. I do love really the good. montages. Yes, um, at the time of all of the media talking about there it, there are fifty former national intelligence folks. 
who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plan. Russian government disinformation comes from the Kremlin. Part of a Russian disinformation campaign. Part of a Russian uh, disinformation uh, effort. For all we know, these emails are made up. God love you, man. You're a one-horse pony. I tell you. Thank you. Yeah. All Still trying to figure out the one-horse pony, but go no, ahead. No. No, it's just Biden. Yeah. And that was the uh, the headline at the New York Post. From the Post editorial board, the walls are closing in on Biden. And it does say for at least six years, the press had produced endless walls closing in on Trump headlines, only to see those hopes dashed again and again. But now we know what we know about Biden. All in all, it's just another closing in of the wall. Yes. <laughs> this week alone, it says, has brought some major developments. Yes, on Monday, House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer from Kentucky revealed, we've identified six additional members of Joe Biden's family who may have benefited from the Biden family's business that we're investigating, bringing the total number of those involved benefiting to nine. But because the Biden Treasury Department refused cooperation for weeks, the committee is only now starting to examine, quote, suspicious activity reports that banks must file when they spot signs of money laundering, tax evasion, or other potentially criminal activity involving first son Hunter and then Joe's brother Jim that we've talked about before. And then it gets you up to speed on what Blinken did as part of the campaign. Yeah. And he got paid off for that. He got made Secretary of State when Joe won. Sure. And that's how it happens. Do me a favor on Secretary of State. Because Blinken, he's such a strong leader. That's true, yeah. Saw that at, with the Afghanistan withdrawal and other situations. Golly. It is. It's maddening. Man. I... Go ahead. No, I just... I... You, are you afraid of swearing? No, I, yeah, kind of. And the Blinken thing makes me crazy, though. Mm. That lying sack. Oh, yeah. I mean, just these guys. And again, who loses their job? No Nobody, one. because they're protecting no one, one another. This is ridiculous. This is like you don't want to call out the guy throwing the spit bill because you got guys throwing spitballs too. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, just to put it into perspective here, in 2020, you had the Democrat campaign enlisting the assistance of intelligence officials to help swing an election towards their preferred candidate. In 2016, mm -hmm. the Democrat presidential campaign, through a couple of law firm cutouts, paid to trump up charges that Donald Trump was a Russian spy. And they investigated yes. him for years as a result of that. Ask me how much I care about January 6th. <laughs> yes. I don't at a all. A full-out attempted coup. A co it's an insurrection uh, listen, without weapons. Listen, a, a few doofuses going mm -hmm. into the Capitol and acting like idiots is nothing compared to what the Democrat Party has done in the last two election cycles. It's nothing compared to that. That's true. For all these people talking about democracy, we're fighting for democracy. Dude, you're supposed to have a fair election. Mm -hmm. You tipped the scales. What you did was illegal. <laughs> we'll see if they're held accountable. Now you're telling me, totally different story, that Democrats want to do away with detaining illegal aliens. Yeah, dozens. Just forget of, it. Dozens of Democrats in the House and Senate introduced legislation this week that would make it harder to hold illegal aliens in custody if they qualify as vulnerable persons. 
such as those who are gay, lesbian, or transgender. Or... No, no, no. Are you? No. I'm serious, yeah. Are you serious? Th- this is called the Dignity for Detained Immigrants Act from uh, Representative Pramila Jayapal of Washington, Senator Cory Booker, Tears of Rage, uh, Democrat of New Jersey, of course. Uh, they want to set minimum standards for detention facilities where thousands of illegal aliens are kept as they await processing. <sighs> And so they say, hey, look, if they are from marginalized or vulnerable communities, then we can't hold them. No, that's not fair to them. Oh, my gosh. Guess how many. Uh, the, one of the other things, I, I, I can't remember if I mentioned this or not. If you don't speak English, you also count as a vulnerable population. So that's essentially saying <laughs> we're not going to be. Dude, I'm sorry. I almost said so if you're breathing. Yeah. Yeah. Then you would qualify. Basically. Almost if you can't speak English. Right. Or if you say you're a girl when you're a dude. Well, yeah. What person is going to speak English then once they come right. in? I mean, there's no blood test for gay either, as far as I know. And you can just say it. And if, and, if you're, and if you're gay or trans and you can't speak English, you really get to go. That's two. Yeah. Out you go. It's like, okay, so your name is Pedro? Gay? No. <laughs> Me llamo Pedrita. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Right to the head of the class, man. Right to the front of the line. Wow. Okay. That's incredible. Just say 100%. I don't... What are we doing this for? It's ridiculous. I got another story. Choice, though. Um, Some whacked out actress, what she said on The View, or how AI duped a bunch of people. Which one you want? We can do the other one later. Oh, let's do the moron actress. How about that? Okay. She's always fun. Patty DuPage. Okay. You're familiar with her, Scott. Yeah, kind of. Big on Broadway. Is one of those actresses, once I saw the picture, I'm like, oh, I've seen her in something, but I couldn't place it. Uh, So she's on The View. And she made one of the dumbest statements that I've heard in a while, and that's saying something from The View. From that show, yeah. Um, But I'll just play what she said, and then you can react. This before, and I'm going to get in trouble. But I have said this before, and it's been in print. I don't know what the difference between our Christian right and the Taliban is. I have no idea what the difference is. You're not the only person who's said that. I don't. I, I just don't know what the difference is. Yeah. What's happening in this country right now in the name of religion is so dangerous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, but you guys want to take that one? It's just too stupid to really get outraged about because, one, okay, here's the difference, is that if the American Christian right were the Taliban, uh, one, you wouldn't be speaking on television at all. No. Uh, You would be covered head to toe in some sort of blanket or cloth. And -hmm. for saying something that offended the ruling class, you would probably be thrown off a building or, you know, hanged or beheaded, at least lose a a hand. Yeah, something. As a Christian person, I want to be giving, okay? I want to start a GoFundMe for Patty and Whoopi and everyone else on The View, Behar, all of them. And I would like to pay for an all-expenses trip to Afghanistan for a week. All expenses paid because, obviously, she can't see the difference between the Christian right and the Taliban. And Mm -hmm. it seems like she wants to know. She wants to be educated on that. Mm Mm-hmm. So can't we start a GoFundMe for them to take a trip to Afghanistan for a week so they can sure. find out? Just just go. Yeah. Yeah. I'll kick in the first hundred bucks. Anybody else? Let's go. Let's do it. Patty, it's on us. Yeah. Something tells me she won't want to take us up on the offer. 
All of a sudden, I bet she would understand the difference between the Christian right and the Taliban in a hurry. Yeah, I mean, but just in case, let's get the money together. And, and, and all the seals nodding their head in agreement in the audience. I mean, yeah. in one in one province, then they just, they just banned women from uh, from eating outdoors at restaurants. Correct. Yeah, that's that's pretty key difference. Yeah, but in this country, we don't want dudes dress up as women flopping their dongs around at a parade in front of kids. <laughs> Okay. Oh, the, the rights of this country. Oh. Freaking reject. Let's send you to Afghanistan. You'll we'll get to find oh, out like in a hurry. Yeah. I just want another talk show in this country today to say flopping like dongs. I think I'm the I, only one that I, actually is the I, one that said I am Christian, and I am the one that said, yeah, we don't want you dressed. I don't. You know what? I don't care if you're dressed as women. No flopping dongs, dongs at the parade. Okay, or in front of children. Is that too freaking hard yeah, the talk show in for America you freaks? That says flopping dung. Okay. Where's Here's a question we got to bring up. Is work for welfare wacko? We'll get to that much more coming up. <laughs> All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. I think most people agree if you're able-bodied, working age, you know, 18 to say 55, mm-hmm. Uh, if you got to be on food stamps, you should work, volunteer, do something. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean. Somehow yeah, I contribute. Think, yeah, yes. exactly, David, right. That's it. I see this piece in the Wall Street Journal, and it says, is work for welfare wacko? Because Biden says, this is wacko, the GOP. <laughs> what are we talking about? Well, he's, he's been in favor of that in the past, hasn't he? He has in the past. Well, he's evolved on that now. On so many things. Uh, Biden accused Republicans of cutting benefits for folks they don't seem to care much about. You're like, wait a second. There are a lot of voters that think, you know, food stamps, Medicaid are like the temporary backstop, Mm -hmm. right? Fall on tough times. But then you're working again, you can pay for your stuff. So after the pandemic, everything, you know, got blown up. So it was higher food stamp benefits, a ban on states from removing from the Medicaid rolls, individuals who may no longer be eligible. It goes through all that part of the story. But it was the able-bodied adults ages 18 to 49. Okay, Republicans want to expand that to age 55. That's part of it. But, I mean, Congress actually waved away the standard during the pandemic mm-hmm. as far as 18 to 49. So, basically, you got 4 million people in the United States able-bodied getting benefits, getting food stamps. There's only a fourth of those people that are working. So the thought is, well, do something. You know, 20 hours of volunteer work or something of that nature. Class, do something. I mean, I know it sounds crazy to people, but for a long time, you look at, you know, different areas of the country, there's garbage everywhere. Go pick up garbage. Do it all day. Yeah. It doesn't seem Whatever. like it doesn't seem like that's too much to ask for somebody in exchange for generous public benefits. But this is what the left always does. This is what every entitlement program does. Three years ago, Republicans and Democrats said we will expand some of these assistance programs because their state or local government is shutting yeah. people out of work. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> we agreed to do this temporarily. And now that these things are being allowed to sunset, Joe Biden is pulling a cute trick. He's saying, no, Republicans are cutting those benefits. Cutting They're them. not. 
while just going back while also then claiming that because these programs are sunsetting he's lowering the deficit <laughs> it's pretty remarkable right <laughs> well it is i mean i gotta hand it to him dude we're not talking about people that are disabled or have kids at home you're able-bodied you're not doing anything else like a lot of dudes go work do something you just can't sit and play video games all day Sure you can, and you do. Dude, it's no penalty my gosh, there. it's biblical. If you don't work, you don't eat. There's no penalty there. You get hungry enough, you'll go out and pick up trash. Mm-hmm. Enough of the nonsense. Dang, man. Oh, I told you there was another AI story. I don't know if you saw this or not, but I think over 80% of people were fooled by this thing. It was a fake product created by AI called <laughs> Baby Mute. Okay, this stuff is making me crazy. It is a mask you strap to your kid's head to muffle their crying. It looks like a gas mask on a baby. Okay? Had a fake website everything called (laughs) babymute.com. It claimed it quiets the sound of their cries by 87%. So, again, you see the photo. Another one shows it in the packaging. The tagline is, muzzle your baby during long flights and movie nights. And then if you tried to order, it says sold out. But there were people that were like, yeah, I, I, well, well, I thought it was something wrong with it, but I was outraged by it. But I was very curious to see if you could actually buy it. And people were like, no, 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 you really thought it was something. And you thought you could quiet your kid Gosh, that way. Man. Damn. Yes. Watch it, out. AI it wasn't even cleverly named. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay. If there's one big story today, David. What oh, is I- it? I think the big story here is the outrageous report that the current Secretary of State, when he was working for the Biden campaign, orchestrated an effort from former intelligence officials to -hmm. try to say that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. And it worked. That's our Secretary of State. And our idiot media went along with it. This is a huge scandal. Because these people would talk about doing, well, we always want to be upfront about everything, blah, 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 actually orchestrated a disinformation plot to make sure Donald Trump lost an election. That is outrageous. Yeah. God, it is. Speaking of Trump, he's uh, hammering Ron DeSantis, saying DeSantis is bad on crime and COVID. What? This is interesting. Next. Hey, Jim and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Barkley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. All right, we'll get to the Trump story. That just made me laugh. This was a comment from one of our listeners. Yeah. We were talking about, (laughs) uh, (laughs) well, Snap. You're talking about food stamps. Mm -hmm. And I had made the mention, you know, if you're able bodied, you're not disabled, you don't have kids, all that stuff. Like, so many men in this country between 18 and 55. They're just getting benefits without working. You could go out and pick up garbage, and someone said you, people don't even pick up garbage in their home, which right. I understand. But if you get hungry enough, it's not above you to go pick up garbage somewhere. And then someone else said what? Well, there was a suggestion from one of our listeners who maybe or may or may not be running for Congress. I don't know. Who said that perhaps the food stamp program should be tied to your BMI. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Like, holy smokes. Okay. We're looking out for your health. You won't. We will for you. Yeah. I think that's probably a good idea. All right. So you have a clip of Trump, David. 
Yeah, uh, Donald Trump was on the Full Send podcast again uh, and was asked about Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. And this is a curious development. Oh, okay. Roll it out. Let's go. Well, actually, if you look at the numbers, he didn't do a great job. If you take a look at the numbers, he's very high on crime, very high, right at the top, uh, almost at the top. Uh, Hold on a second. All I know is Miami is like lowest crime in decades. Yeah, and that, and in fairness, I mean that's because of a lot of folks in Miami, yes, actually waking up and realizing if we want to have safe streets, we gotta yeah. crack down on crime. Actually, yeah. So you don't have to credit Ron DeSantis with any of that, but for the third most populous state, it's not even in the top ten for violent crime. Hmm. Okay. Roll on. He, I think he gets good publicity. Although now people are starting because I'm putting out the COVID numbers. He didn't do well on COVID. He had more deaths than almost every country in Florida. I hate to say it because Florida's my state, but he had he did not have he did not do well. It's it's really Time out. any numbers I've seen. That's not true. Yeah, I mean, in terms of like the overall death rate, I guess if you think that a governor can match, and this was the whole defense of Trump that 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 you know I certainly was saying at the time in 2020. There is no chief executive that can magically make a respiratory virus go away. I mean, so it doesn't no. really make any sense. And they, they certainly weren't the highest death rate in the country. That's not at all true. But you knew the population in Florida was older, and that yeah. was one of the fears going in. More vulnerable. But, yeah. yeah. It's, it's really, it's very interesting. I don't want to knock anybody, but <laughs> the thing he did well on is public relations because uh, the numbers weren't what... Uh, they pretended to be. Hmm. Hmm. Now, I mean, there's a reason why people are flocking to the state of Florida. And that's just, it's it's an interesting tactic because I always thought, you know, one of the biggest issues, if Ron DeSantis does run for president and looks I'll like I'll vouch will, for you, man. You've been saying this for a long time. The biggest weakness for Donald Trump is COVID and not for the reason the left would have you believe, but because when governors like Brian Kemp in Georgia and Governor DeSantis in Florida started to open up, uh, he attacked them. He defended Fauci. He was the one guy in a position to actually fire Anthony Fauci or at least sideline him, and he didn't do it mm -hmm. because he thought the political uh, you know, optics were bad. That's the biggest weakness, I think. And, and Ron DeSantis, among a lot of other, or stands out among a lot of other Republican governors, in sort of saying, now we're going to go our own way. He wasn't the only one, but probably the most high-profile one who decided to go a different route. And at the time, Donald Trump shredded him for it. Now, will that have a huge impact in the primary? I tend to think it will, but maybe not. We'll see. Well, I happen to see this, too. Different story, but it was out of the Wall Street Journal. as their latest poll. And the question to the registered voters if the Republican presidential primary or caucus were held today, who would you vote for? Trump got 48%. DeSantis got 24%. That's a big gap. Then Nikki Haley at 5, Tim Scott at 3, Vivek Ramaswamy at 2, and then Undecided is at 13. Wow. And, well, and if you go back to December, DeSantis was actually winning at that time. But then you go to, okay, what about in a matchup with Biden? And that's 48-45 Biden over Trump. But it's 48-45 DeSantis over Biden yep. in the hypothetical matchup. And that's when you break down the different questions that were asked 
one was, okay, um, who has the right temperament? 48% favored DeSantis to 28% Trump. Mm -hmm. And then has best chance of beating Biden. DeSantis over Trump, 41 to 31. The other part that I don't know, and we'll see, I mean, DeSantis hasn't even said he's running yet. It's supposed to be in early May. I always got to remind myself, and I think we talk about this, as much as we are in this every day and follow it, there are a lot of people around the country that don't know that that much about DeSantis. I don't think we'll really be able to get a gauge of where everything is until probably six months from now. So yeah. it makes it more difficult to be an incumbent all the time. Yeah. Sure. And you got, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to hear what the arguments actually are on a debate stage uh, from the people. Because it, you know, I, there, it, we could be facing a situation where if DeSantis runs, he gets on the debate stage and completely collapses. He could crap the bed. We were talking I, about it the other day. I mean, you, you don't know. I mean, that was, that was like uh, Marco Rubio certainly was a rising star in, among, you know, people who were looking at presidential politics, and he got yes. completely broken by both Chris Christie and Donald Trump. He did. And so, and it was yeah. over for him. Oh, my gosh, man. Yeah, that that whole campaign, I'll never forget it. You know, oh, it's Rubio! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to your point, you, you just don't know. I don't think DeSantis will fold. He seems pretty decent, but you've never had the pressure on yeah. at a debate like he'll face. You never you know. know. Head-to-head with Trump. You know, looks like a nice little guy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I got a million of these clips from that. That in water, their, their, water. Yeah, the whole water one. I also happen to call him a lightweight. Yeah, I know. Oh, he went after his ears, too. Thank God he has really large ears. The biggest ears I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes. I saw this piece switching gears to the tragedy in Nashville and the manifesto from the shooter. This is a piece out of the New York Post. Um, the people that have seen it said the manifesto, quote, is a blueprint on total destruction. And that's why the FBI is stalling its release. Hmm. So you you go into this story and, uh, man, the Metro Nashville Council member, Horty Johnson, confirmed to the Post that the FBI has already ruled the manifesto would not be released in its entirety. They will not the whole thing. The quote was, what I was told is her manifesto was a blueprint on total destruction, and it was so, so detailed at the level of what she had planned. That document in the wrong person's hands would be astronomically dangerous. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Said, Ed, parts of Hale's writings would eventually come out. But she also added she feels, quote, the vast, overwhelming majority of it presented too much of a danger to the public. She also said, I personally don't want to know what the depths to which her psychosis reached. When I'm told by an MNPD high-ranking official that it keeps him up at night, I'm going to defer to that person in that agency that I don't need to read that. Well, that's fine. You can make that decision for yourself, but we should see it. Yeah, that's not a that's not a justification no. for not releasing it. That doesn't make any sense to me. Agreed. And then it goes on to talk about the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation uh, describing the writings this particular director had seen, saying the documents that we have 
and I have viewed those, you know, one is specifically a plan and the other is some journal type rantings. Okay, I'm trying to figure out. I understand that they think it could be truly damaging for the transgender community Mm -hmm. because that was one of the other quotes. And that's why the FBI is hesitant. What else could be in there? Yeah. And you wonder, you know, that that whole, you know, with her drawings and different things, the one of Jack Nicholson and it's got all the writings all over his Mm -hmm. face and it says red rum all over the place. Have you seen that in close detail? No. Uh All right, you're closest to me, Scott. I'm going to hand it to you. It's all this stuff from Jack Torrance all over his face. The writings are all over. It's all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. All over his eyebrows. Mm. That's what makes out the images. It's freaky. One of the things I don't really get, though, here, it's very interesting how protective they are, if, in fact, it would be damaging to the trans community or whatever, okay? If they right. think that's the case. Mm-hmm. Well, like, whenever it's a uh, uh, Muslim, if it's a white supremacist or whatever, no one ever really has a problem with releasing the rantings of that, that person, the, the shooter in Buffalo, for example. Right. Yes. No one has a problem with releasing that. Why? Or some young male that can't get laid. Right. Right. Exactly. And he's just mad at life. <laughs> oh, yeah. What was that? That dude in California yes. who was the said he went and killed a bunch of people because uh, they wouldn't sleep with him. Uh, right. I mean, that's, I. You know, I. Why is this one group the one that we just can't know about? And and are you are are you actually by censoring it? You're actually saying that you're afraid the trans. You're afraid of the trans community. In some ways, yes. But the trans community has specific power yeah. over a lot of different agencies right now. I just keep reading this thing. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not good for you, Scott. That type of thing it could keep you up at night. No, Mr. Torrance, you are the caretaker here. <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs> Your money's no good here, Mr. Torrance. Thank you, Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Man. Holy crap, yeah. man. But they should release that thing. You People should know exactly what yeah. it is, especially, man. Dude, that thing that you had earlier, that nut that was talking about how every trans person needs to go get firearms fast. Yeah, yeah. start shooting people who disagree with their lifestyle or go into a women's restroom. Yes, you're hearing more and more of this going around. I dare you to try and stop me from going into a women's bathroom. It will be the last mistake you ever make. Uh Uh-oh. I dare you to try and stop a transgender woman in my presence from using the bathroom. It will be the last mistake you ever make. This is a call to action and a call to arms. You need to arm up, plain and simple. Go out, buy a gun, learn how to use it efficiently. Yeah, you should probably release that so everybody knows what's going on. You better learn how to use it But can't you be arrested for that kind of crap? For the oh. advocating killing oh, people? If that's a, uh, oh my gosh, yeah, if that's a, uh, some, you know, MAGA bro with yeah. a Confederate flag behind him doing yeah. that, then yeah, the FBI is talking to that dude. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. This guy just said, go get a gun, and he's implying, certainly, without exactly saying the words, but he's implying you have to you shoot people. Uh, it's not even an implication. You're right, David. It's, it he's saying it'll be the last mistake you ever make. You ever I'm made. going to kill you. 
if you interfere. And he's in, urging other people yeah. to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you step back for a second. That's and nuts. You, and we already know this, but then you kind of step back and you say, okay, so this trans person goes into a Christian school and murders six people, okay? And the media, what were they saying? We're afraid of attack on the trans community. Yeah. That tells you everything you need to know. It's not, well, was this, was this a hate crime against religious people? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Well, they're Christian. That doesn't matter. But yeah, it's crazy. All right, we got to get to another news update. Oh, it's Friday. We got to set you up with our Friday Five. Let you know what we're doing today. Straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Uh, we don't have time to go through all of the audio with this, but John Fetterman, uh, the senator from Pennsylvania, who almost died from a stroke last year while he yeah. was running for Senate um, and then had to get checked in for a clinical depression because he was suicidal uh, a couple months ago, did an interview with NPR and uh, as he was talking about what he was going through. And if you've known anybody who's gone through serious depression, like hospitalization-level depression, it's easy to sympathize with him. Mm-hmm. I don't like his politics. I don't think he's a particularly good guy. But I, I don't envy anybody who gets to that point. But the more I listen to it, the more it, the more my rage ratchets up for the Democratic Party operatives yep. who pushed him to this point. And he's kind of asked to him. What? And the people and the people to close to him. Yeah. Apparently he wasn't eating. He wasn't drinking. He had dropped like 25 pounds. And okay. no one stopped and pulled him aside and said, dude, you don't have to do this. Wow. Like your health is most important. There's no job worth this, dude. What crappy people. And, you know, the way he talks, one of the things that ratchets up my rageometer is that he talks about how he thought, you know, well, it's all my fault. And the day he got checked in was his son's 14th birthday. And he's worried that his son will forever associate his birthday with the day that his, his father had to be hospitalized for clinical depression. And he's kind of beating himself up about that. None of them should have ever been put in that position. None of no. them. It didn't have to happen. And, man, it just pisses me off. Yeah. That, I don't think you're alone in that. Yeah. Anyway, we, we can get to yeah. the audio later. Golly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing the story on that. Um, golly, he even said that people in Pennsylvania deserved a better senator. Yeah. Okay. All right. We got to get you set up for the Friday Five. Countdown we do every Friday. It's some sort of holiday. We haven't done this sort of countdown in, like, years. Yeah, it's like National Beagle Day on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Aw, yeah. beagles. Yeah, keep them away from Dr. Fauci, by the way. So I thought, oh, why, that's right. why not Why not songs with dog in the title? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay, we rank it the way we always do. We go by how big of a hit or how iconic is the song. Meaning it didn't have to be a hit at Top 40 Radio. It could be just an iconic song. Should have been a hit at Top 40 Radio, but go ahead. Right, hold on. You were the Top 40 guy. Right. You didn't play great songs. <laughs> what? There were a lot of great songs you never played. A lot of great songs you played too much, right? 
At Rock Radio? Yeah. Okay, we rank it by that. We rank it by does it stand the test of time and then how much do you personally like it. Put it all together. It's a good list. The number's 210-619-2053. You want to get in early? Dog song for the Friday Five next. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. It's Friday. That feels good. That means a countdown, and it starts like this. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Anybody wants to get mellow, you can get the f*** out of here, all right? The Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Every Friday, Friday Five. Okay. Setting up today is what, David? Something to do with Beagles. Like National Beagle Day, uh, some uh, like tomorrow or Sunday. I don't. I, it was just an excuse to do a good t- uh, countdown. Uh, yes. Songs with dog in the title. Yes, I think we had a lot of the same votes in this. Yeah. To get our top five. You and I had four of the five the same, it's, which has never happened before. I don't think so. I don't think it has either. If you want to get in, the number is 210-619-2053. It's always good to take a little break from news and have some fun, play some tunes. There's some great songs in the top five. Who's up first today, David? Let's talk to Uncle Schulte in Oregon. Hey, Uncle Schulte. Well, happy Friday, gentlemen, from Portland, Oregon, where we run buck naked down the freeway and we pre-vandalize restaurants before they even (laughs) have a chance to open up. We just saw but this. Any, uh, the Shake Shack. The it hasn't Shake even Shack. opened yet. <laughs> no. Yeah, sorry, Shake Shack. <laughs> it's, it's the welcome wagon, though. I like no. the pre-vandalized it, <laughs> comment. <laughs> well, it, we also include used needles and human waste yeah. as well. But anyway, I'm going to go with the obvious choice, which is Black Dog by Led Zeppelin. Uncle right. Schultz, you're going to have a great weekend. Number one. Hey, hey, Mama said the way you And just to make sure, I take it everyone had this as yeah, number one? that was a unanimous number one. Uncle Schulte is right. That was the obvious number one. Yes. Iconic song, total test of timer. I love this song. Great song, man. Now, did they play that at Top 40, Scott? Black Dog was a hit at Top 40. Yeah. It was? Yeah. Okay. I don't know how far it went up on the Billboard chart, but it, I heard it on Top 40. I mean, it wasn't some of the usual fare at that time for Top 40. No, the guitars were allowed. Okay, just making sure. But they're not allowed anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's next, David? Uh, let's talk to David in Connecticut. Hey, David. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with definitely a test of time, uh, Elvis the King, uh, Hound Dog. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow, you already got number one, and then we... Number two. You ain't nothing but a hound dog, I love this song, too. Yeah, it's funny with this song. My parents had this record when I was a kid. Yeah. And until I was probably in my 20s, I realized he was saying crying all the time. 
I thought it was crocking all the time, and I couldn't figure out what that meant. Crocking. <laughs> Big in Australia. Yeah, that's crocking all the time. I was going to say crocking all the time. That's that, that's the Jimmy Buffett concert crowd <laughs> wearing the Crocs. You know. Yes, absolutely. Did you know those things made a comeback? The Crocs? Yeah, I, I was in the mall just not that long ago, and I saw there's an entire store that just sells Crocs. Yeah, got big again. Wow, it's wild, man. All right, dog songs in the Friday Five. Already got number one and number two. Who's next? Let's talk to Renee calling from Oregon. Hey, Renee. Yeah, hi. How are you? Great, Good. Renee. Thanks for checking in. What you thinking? Um, How about Who Let the Dogs Out by Baja Men? Well, yes. Who let the dogs Unfortunately, Scott was done with Top 40 Radio before that was a number one smash. I think Bahamut got completely robbed here. I had them in my top five. Really? Mm -hmm. Uh, The test of time on that is not exactly strong. Well, you still hear it from time to time in sports arenas and whatnot. And you dig it. And I like it. I like the song. Can't help it. Okay, now you like it when it comes on the arena, or is that a cranking on the way home kind That's, of thing? I'm going to be playing that on the way home today. <laughs> I, I love that song. It's my ringtone, actually, for when no, Scott Robbins calls me. <laughs> it's I'm trying Bob. to think of what, how that would look. There's, you know, certainly very much white David Van Camp in his pickup truck cranking Baja, man. Yes. You don't see that every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, who's next? I had to get a cattle guard for all the chicks that were flocking to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk to Mary in Delaware. Hey, Mary. Hi, guys. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Hi, Mary. Mary. Hey, so um, today I'm thinking, how about Diamond Dogs by David Bowie? Oh, yeah. Good oh. song. If this were all based on personal life, this would be in my top five. You can give it thumbs down all you want, Jamie. I like I like I like it too. I'm I'm a fan too. I like it a lot actually. But it was not a big hit. So, by the way, I shared with you guys. I was just never a big Bowie fan. The Bowie story that came out this week was insane, and I don't know if you guys heard about it or we even have time to get into it. It is very strange. This the I, urine thing? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you want me to recite this story? So, yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. We we got time. We can do that. Okay. I'll try to make it as quick as possible. Apparently, he and Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin were friends, but there was a bit of a falling out. And there was one particular night that they were at Bowie's place in New York and Jimmy Page spilled wine all over the carpet and the the couches that were this particular fur, some nonsense. So they both had this crazy sort of interest in Aleister Crowley and dark forces and things like that. And apparently because they were taking so much cocaine that David Bowie was afraid that somehow... <laughs> Jimmy Page was going to have some women sleep with him, and they were going to spawn the devil's child or some nonsense. So David Bowie started storing his own urine in the fridge. (laughs) What's wrong with you people? (laughs) 
Man. He was just and, paranoid. And somehow that inspired young Americans. <laughs> and now on with the county. <laughs> yes. Well, Jimmy fun. said, is that your urine? <laughs> now on with the countdown. Okay, dog songs, Friday 5. Let's talk to Mary calling in from Panama Beach. Hey, Mary. Hey, guys. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Mary. Hey, Mary. You guys are getting too popular. It's hard to get through, but got to persevere. <laughs> oh, right. thanks for trying. I appreciate it. Yeah, great show today and all week. Thanks, you guys, for all you do. So I had a few. Um, this is a good ti- uh, choice for the title, but um, I think I'm going to have to go with some good old hair of the dog. Nazareth. <laughs> Nazareth. I didn't know what you were picking. I predicted what you would pick. <laughs> and you are came you through, serious? Mary. Yes. Yeah, number yes. three. <laughs> Yeah, buddy. Did you play that one at Top 40? No. I didn't think so. Remember Dan McCafferty, though. The great Dan McCafferty of that. (laughs) (laughs) He cut liners for a station. This is Dan McCafferty of Nazareth. (laughs) We're coming to town. (laughs) Oh, man. That song holds up. Oh, it does. Yeah. I, li- I like that band. Yeah. Underrated, man. That's an underrated band. Yeah. If you would have got into rock radio instead of the top 40, you could have played more of it. Yeah, well. It's too bad. Okay, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Bob in New Mexico. Hey, Bob. Yes. Hey, Bob. Thanks for checking in, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. What are you thinking today for Dog Song? Uh, well, dog song, man. This one will take you back a little bit. This was uh, okay. from about the time I graduated uh, high school. But I'm thinking, given the daughter bone by ACDC. Bro, we're bros for life now, man. Number five. Surprisingly enough, this is not about Brian Johnson of ACDC adopting a new pet from the local animal shelter. No, it's a song of romance, really. God, I remember my wife and I were on a road trip uh, years and years ago, and we're driving through Indianapolis. I'll never forget where I was, actually. It was one of those moments that was so funny to me. This song came in or came on my ultimate playlist as we're driving through Indianapolis, and it was the first time that she'd ever actually paid attention to the lyrics, and she was more horrified than I've ever seen her before. She fell in love with you all over again? (laughs) Is that what you're saying? I had no idea this song was... I'm Sarah McLachlan. (laughs) Give the the dog a bone this holiday season. (laughs) We're still looking for number four. We have some great honorable mentions, too. Songs with dog in the title for the Friday Five. Again, the number, 210-619-2053, and we'll wrap it up next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, we'll get to a news update in about 13 minutes, something like that. Uh, we got to finish the Friday Five. Countdown we do every Friday. Dog songs today. Um, you're number one, and it was unanimous. Led Zeppelin, Black Dog. Then we had the Hound Dog from Elvis at number two. Hair of the Dog from Nazareth at three. And ACDC's Romantic Ballad, Giving the Dog a Bone at five. Also had some great honorable mentions. And we got more to get to. Who's next up, David? Uh, let's talk to Chris, who's about to make Michigan proud. Hey, Chris. Hey, guys. Happy Friday from the Great Lakes state of Michigan. 
Chris, you're repping Michigan well as always. Loving the show. Hey, uh, dog dog songs, you got to go with Michigan's own Motor City Madman, Ted Nugent's Dog Eat Dog. Oh, yes. Dog, dog, dog eat dog. See the other day, Ted said, "Last door, gonna retire." Yeah, he doesn't have anything else to prove. Yes, I would. His family's like, "Damn, living with that dude twenty four seven, high octane." Man. Oh, it man. never stops. No, the easiest radio interview ever is Ted Nugent. Yeah, it only takes one question. How's it going, Ted? That's all you need. That's it. <laughs> It's a wild ride from there. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Yes. Yes. All right. Who's next? Let's talk to Anthony in Springfield, Oregon. Hey, Anthony. Hey, what's up, guys? Happy Fat-Ass Friday. There you go. (laughs) You You got it. Yeah. So I had to have my wife put woman on the bathroom door so I knew where to go pee. You know? Jeez, it's just getting so so madness in my house. We're going to go. We're going to go with... The godfather of psychedelic funk, George Clinton, Atomic Dog. Yes! Even better when Robin comes along. That's a jam, man. And I can tell you from experience, it'll be two hours from now. Robbins will be coming back from getting a drink or the bathroom. He'll walk through the door. He'll keep singing it all day long. Yes. I like the part when the background singers go. <laughs> that just scared the crap out of me. That's awesome. The way you did that. Okay, who's next, David? Let's talk to Noel in Virginia. Hey, Noel. No, no. Hey, man. Good to hear from you. I have, well, I have been in hiding since I heard Magoo is trying to lick the world, and I'm just not into that. (laughs) Gosh dang. Yeah, and and I heard Magoo in a speech this week was talking the great work he has done with Bidenflation. He said the economy is going horrendously, or A-E, for short. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes? Well, the thought I have for you this week is, I heard this when I saw that Dylan Mulvaney freak was leading a floppy dog parade and singing his theme song, Sick as a Dog. (laughs) Sick as a Dog. It's caught on, isn't it? That phrase. (laughs) Floppy dog merch available soon. That was a reference from earlier in the show today. (laughs) At this point, the focus on the Aerosmith song. Hey, you invented this thing, you know. I understand. That will always be my favorite Aerosmith album, Rock. Oh, it's a great record, yeah. Front to back, man. And Love Six is a Dog. Great song. We're still looking for number four, right? Yeah. Uh, let's talk to Dan in Michigan. Hey, Dan. Hey, I would have to say Dog and Butterfly by heart. Good song, yeah. Yeah. Number four. Dog and Butterfly. 
We're going to slow it down, kids. We're Couple skate. I think I like this song better than you guys like it. Yeah, I, you know, I, I just, I kind of get bored. I tune it out a little bit. Yeah. I don't think it's awful. It's just on my personal like, it's not very And Wilson think, could sing a phone book. I'd be cool with it. Yeah, she's, I mean, she's tremendous. I think it's also, man, once I heard the whole story behind that and why it was written, and it was her as a girl. Watching this dog chasing around a butterfly and knowing it was never going to catch it. But that's sort of like life. You're always going for it, even if you never quite get there. That sort of thing. Loaded with metaphors. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, who's next? Uh, Let's talk to John in Danbury, Connecticut. Hey, John. Hey, gentlemen. Greetings from Connecticut, where we ensure gender equity for our crash test dummies. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Great job, John. You make Danbury proud, bro. <laughs> Mighty WLAD. Hey, I know that uh, there's only spaces on the uh, honorable mention list, which is where I make my home, but uh, I love the Pink Floyd Animals album. There weren't any hits from it, but I got to go with dogs. There you go. Animals tour coming to America. Pink Floyd. I wonder what would have happened if they had actually just broken up those long songs into short versions. It's a great question. I wonder if they would have had any hits with it. I kind of think they would. There are sections of those songs that are awesome. It's true. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. All right, good countdown. Now we got to focus on our news update yeah. here in just a few. What is the biggest story of the day? I think well, we know. Thoughts that Tony Blinken, the Secretary of State, while he was working for the Biden campaign, was the one who called in the intelligence community to say that the Hunter Biden laptop thing was Russian disinformation. Jeez. And they followed right along. Gosh. And our media did too. Man. So. Will legacy media even cover this? CBS News did, but that's because Good. they hired Catherine Herridge, who used to work at Fox News. Yes. She's been on this stuff for that network. Man, oh, man. That's the fear, I think, is there are going to be so many people in the country that won't even know that this happened. We'll get to that and the Scott Robbins trifecta, his top three of the day. Coming right up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's Dave Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, before we get to the Robbins trifecta, a couple of updates. I know we got the John Fetterman audio, David, before we get to that. Yeah. Yeah, It's the big story of the day. Oh, the big story of the day is that uh, Tony Blinken, the current Secretary of State, when he was working for the uh, Biden presidential campaign, he's the guy who rounded up the, the bitter old intelligence community folks and got them to put out that letter that claimed that the story about Hunter Biden's laptop and how it relates to Joe Biden's corruption in office was Russian disinformation. They lied about it. Mike Morrell, the former deputy director of the CIA, told that to uh, House Republicans during a closed-door hearing. Said, yeah, we did it because we wanted Joe Biden to win. So in this case, you actually have deep state actors actively interfering in domestic politics to swing an election which they did in 2016 and they've probably done before only now we're we're finding out more and more about it 
Well, and I remember at the time when he was named Secretary of State, and there were different people questioning whether or not he was going to really be the best pick. Well, I think we know now why he was picked. Mm-hmm. He's been loyal to Biden. I mean, you look at the guy's track record as Secretary of State, it's embarrassing. <laughs> it is. Oh, I know it is. But we've been saying that from, from the jump with this guy. I mean, dude, I mean, there's so many different things. It, we don't have time right now. I, I'll never forget him being asked about the LGBTQ plus community in Afghanistan. And that yeah, was wait. one of the big things that they were really concerned with at the time. Okay, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. I can play it if you want. Of course I do. <laughs> okay. In the words of Anthony Blinken himself. Roll it out. Well, thank you for very, uh, rightly putting the spotlight on concerns about the LGBTQI plus community uh, in Afghanistan and the particular threat that they uh, may find themselves under. Uh, this is something that we are focused on. I have not personally seen the report that you referred to. I'm going to ask uh, to see it. I'm pretty sure that my, my team has, uh, but I'll take a look at that myself, and I thank you for sending it to us. Yes, uh, the utmost important of everything else right now. Not the whole debacle of what we did to everybody there. But yes, oh, thank you so much. One thing after another, just weak. And to find out what he did ahead of time. We'll We'll see what happens with that. The government was going to stop the drag shows at schools. (laughs) (laughs) God, these people. And then the John Fetterman audio is just sad. Yeah, he did an interview with NPR. John Fetterman being the Democrat Pennsylvania senator who was almost killed by a stroke last year and then uh, didn't have anyone around him who loved him enough to tell him to not go through the stress factory of of a Senate campaign. Uh, when he could have easily been replaced on the ballot at the time he had the stroke. But they decided, ah, the hell with it. We're not going to tell people how sick the guy actually is. And we're going to sacrifice his long-term health because we're that obsessed with power. And we're going to demonize any reporter that dares yeah. tell the truth, saying, you know, he's not really all that well. Yeah, this week he returned to work. Uh, or I'm sorry, I guess it was last Friday maybe he returned to work. Anyway, he's back at work after being checked into the hospital this time because he was suicidal. So he does this interview with NPR, and two things happen. I feel, even though I don't like him, I don't like his politics, I have uh, tremendous compassion for him as an individual. I also think that the people around him who pushed him to keep running are horrible, horrible human beings. Got total agreement here. Yes. So roll the audio. This is him talking. When I was in the throes of depression, to be 100% honest, uh, I was not the kind of senator that that was deserved by Pennsylvania. I wasn't the the kind of partner that I, 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 to my wife, uh, Giselle, or to to my children, you know, uh, Carl, Grace, and, and August, it wasn't the kind of father. I was... I was so depressed that I didn't even realize how I was depressed. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even understand it. This, to me, that just became, you know, the, the, the new normal. I, I wasn't realizing I wasn't eating. I wasn't eating. I, I didn't realize that I wasn't really dr- drinking much. I, I dropped 25 pounds um, and I was, you know, sometimes would say things, incoherent things. It says incoherent things all the time. Right. Because he had a devastating stroke and didn't take time to recover from it. Um, and you know, I part of what he was told in his recovery, and seriously, yeah, stay away from news and social media. That's kind of his job, man. Yeah, he should be focused on his recovery. 
But some people are just power hungry, man. man. I'm telling you. He said that he wasn't the senator that that Pennsylvania needed while he was in the throes of depression, but he was only a senator for like a month before he had to go to the hospital. Right. So I don't know, man. I mean, this this is not the kind of thing that just gets infinitely better in six weeks. Do remember they were saying in September, well, by the time January comes around, he's going to be better. Yeah. Yeah. It, I don't know of a medical official that thinks that's how it happens. That's not what I've been told with that type of situation. I don't think they care. Okay. Well, we should move on, Scott. You got three big ones. Don't yeah, you? buddy. Well, Let's... one's actually a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. It is a surprise. You, you sort of. Well, I guess you have two, and then we have one to present to you, which should be a whole lot of fun. Let's roll it. Are you ready? One, two, three. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, Scott Robbins trifecta, his top three of the day, always helped by this hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, we'll get this out of the way. Um, we hadn't played it yet on the air. You said, well, I just want to hear it. And now I'll react. Biden is talking today. He's out there talking about environmental justice. Okay. One of your favorite Whatever topics. that means. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and from what I understand, he's talking about, well, he has a hard time with names sometimes. You know how it goes. Roll it out. As I've told my distinguished friend from Massachusetts, a good friend, Senator Markey, that uh, it's really very, very dull when after all these years in public life, you're known for two things, Ray-Ban sunglasses and chocolate chip ice cream. <laughs> Very dull president, but... uh, He's just very dull. He's just known for those two things. Mm -hmm. As I've told my distinguished friend from Massachusetts, a good friend, Senator Markey, that... uh, Yeah. What? what? (laughs) Senator Ed Markey is, I think, the person he was referring to there. Yeah. Senator Markey, that... uh, Yeah. It could have been Markley very easily. (laughs) (laughs) No. So environmental. He really justice. did. This is one of those things where you get to the word and you just kind of that's what up. Go right by it. Yeah. <laughs> I admit it. I'll Hopefully. do it on the show. I'm like, I'm not quite sure. Right. And you <laughs> just let on. it go, right? Because you just like. But that's not my good friend Scott Robbins. I can no, say right. that with confidence. <laughs> no, but if you were Joe Biden, how would you say it? <laughs> <laughs> and my my good friend Scott Robbins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> think it is close. Yeah. yeah. Right in there. And the countdown continues. Yes, the Scott uh, Robbins trifecta. Top verbal three horseshoes and hand grenades with Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> two. <laughs> Number two. That should be a coffee table book, man. Verbal be. horseshoes and hand grenades <laughs> with Joe Biden. All right. Well, he did better today than usual. Yeah. That's you know true. what I mean? You know. Tenji, well, you saw her. You yeah, saw Tenji, her? Well, you saw her. His yeah. nominee for the Supreme Court. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, by yeah. the way, that's that's actually just because Joe Biden's a racist and he thinks all black people look the same, which is why he right. can never remember the name of black people. He forgot Barack Obama's name. President my boss. President my boss is what he said. Secretary of Defense, you know. My, uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. (laughs) That guy. Yeah, that dude. (laughs) One of those people, you know. Hank Aaron, the president. No, no, wait. 
Or if he gets the name out, you never know, man. Javier Bacaria. <laughs> that's that could be my all-time favorite. That's, it's not even close. That's the thing. However close he gets to the name is actually directly correlated to how dark their skin tone is. You just heard it, Ed Markey, white guy. Right. So yeah. at least he got Murray, right? Katanji Brown yes. Jackson. Oh my gosh, no. No. He's it, like with names like you're playing golf with your buddy when you just say pick it up. Right. Close, close enough. Right. This, this guy sees Hakeem Jeffries walk into the Oval Office and says, Jill, hold your yeah. purse tight. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jeez. Two. Oh, yeah. Scott Robbins, straight effect for Hakeem top three of the day after number two. Yeah. <laughs> number two. Yeah. Uh, Republican Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene came up with a nickname for Eric Swalwell, and you oh, like this it. is. Very Trumpian, by the way. You know, her and Swalwell go back and forth all the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, they loathe each other. Uh, conflict is constantly there. And last week, they completely lost their minds, or he did anyway, when MTG was brutally honest with him about why people have their reservations about taking anything he says seriously. Now, she mentioned it rhymes with bang, bang, fang, fang. And she appears to come up with a new nickname for him. And she's working that one into the routine now. Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted out, Eric Smallwell. <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh, my gosh. Compromise America and national security because he couldn't keep it in his damn pants. But Democrats are mad at me because I called him out for it. Eric Smallwell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this guy, Robin's trifecta, his Take top that, three Trump. of the day. Yeah. Up to number one. Uh, number one, uh, Pennsylvania had an anti-gay hate crisis that didn't exist. No, it didn't. Accusations very clear for years now. There's been what was described as an epidemic of LGBTQ bullying going on in Central Bucks School District and at Lenape Middle School. District and school leaders, they say, have done little to curb it. Social studies teacher there, Andrew Burgess was wrongfully suspended for filing the civil rights complaint on behalf of a transgender student. And school leaders then discriminated, they said, against LBTQ kids who protested his suspension. Now, a detailed and damning new investigation report released Thursday reveals that the narrative from the ACLU and the Central Bucks activists is based on lies. And they have intentionally painted a false picture to undermine the school board and other residents. The investigation sanctioned the board was sanctioned by the board, was conducted by the Philadelphia-based law firm. According to the firm's report, there is no epidemic of LGBTQ bullying in Central Bucks or in the middle school. And when there were accusations of bullying, the district's leaders promptly addressed them. The report states that Mr. Burgess was not, in fact, disciplined for filing a complaint on behalf of a trans student but rather manipulating vulnerable students and for intentionally hiding serious bullying allegations from school leaders. So, in other words, teacher makes the whole thing up and makes up the fact that they suspended him and they didn't. whole thing was a lie. How many of these have we had since Dude, 2016? Exactly my lie. point on that. Tons of them. False yes. flags everywhere. Yes. Everywhere. But the media will always jump on them. Every single time they do. They just believe it. And then when you find out that it's just a load, they're, they're very quietly, if at all, will admit, yeah, we reported this. It wasn't really true. Yeah. And there you have it. Unbelievable. The Scott Robbins trifecta. Well done. Okay. Um, 
<laughs> the mayor of New York, I see, is saying the federal government is failing New York City. <laughs> oh, always <clears throat> blaming somebody God, else. Yeah. And then for Nimrod's of the news, um, boy, do you take a guy's football trophy and throw it at him? Oh. Boy, that lady was wow. tick. We'll get to that coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. As always, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robinson. David Van Camp with another news update. This is hilarious to me. So the Florida legislature passed this bill that, that bans children from going to adult oriented performances this comes after the state moved to revoke the liquor license of a hotel and and entertainment venue because there was a fairly explicit drag show where kids were brought in Mm -hmm. and because of that now in port st Lucie, florida local officials have canceled the pride parade Oh, we don't we we don't want to is it that hard to not have sexually suggestive things at your stupid parade no you don't have to cancel the whole thing or just say hey no kids allowed that happens all the time okay i really want to understand what is it they can't do in the parade that they're saying well just forget it you can still march in the parade right what can you not do? Just well, sexually suggestive things in the public in front of kids. I mean, apparently it is uh, it is a critical part of pride to have uh, dudes dressed up as women wearing G-strings and flashing crowds. Apparently that is a part. Every gay person I've ever met would be horrified by that. Not, not saying just horrified by the act itself, but horrified by saying, like, that is critical to gay culture. That's what you see if you follow... Gays against groomers, yeah. like a Twitter. They'll talk about stuff like that all the time. Why do you feel the need to do that at a parade? Well, that, that was part of it, uh, like with the whole monkeypox thing that went down. Yes. There's a guy I know and known him for years, uh, was somewhat of a mentor in this business to me. He's gay, and he he was like, I, I we got to talking about the whole monkeypox thing because the CDC didn't want to put out a warning against it at, at the risk of marginalized people, uh, marginalizing people during pride month and it's like whoa, whoa, whoa hold on a second so you're reducing the idea of gay identity as just a bunch of dudes jumping into a pile right that that seems to be a stereotype that a lot of gay people have worked really hard yes to distance themselves from that is true well, this is really going to hurt the guy that sells the mylar phallic balloons <laughs> <laughs> we got to get the nimrods roll it out when the going gets tough, damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley Van Camp and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right, Nimrods in the news. Well, we go to Florida. Sixty-four-year-old woman, Glenda Turner, uh, arrested. She gets in this argument with her husband John. It started, I guess, because John went to the store and brought home the wrong kind of pickles. No. She's not having it. I told you before. Uh, Sorry, I don't know how it escalated, but at some point, Glenda picked up a wooden novelty piece and threw it at John's ankle. Then she grabbed, it's a trophy football in a case, and went to throw it at him, which when she tried, she fell back and it landed on her. Police came. They arrested Glenda for domestic violence. John doesn't want to press charges. I love her, man. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Trophy football, boy. 
Come on, stay away from the guy football. That's Nimrod's in the news.